This is Cruise Radio. It's 2020. Make sure you're covered on your next vacation. Get yourself a trip insurance policy at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas. Sherry Laskin stops by with Cruise News. A couple of new videos uploaded to the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. You'll find a tour of Carnival Panorama, Sky Princess, which is Princess's new ship. Actually, an interview coming up about that ship next week. Norwegian Sky, one of their oldest ships at Norwegian Cruise Line. And 15 changes to Carnival Cruise Line in 2019. All that can be found on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. And of course, we have our Cruise Radio News Briefs found Monday through Friday, just opposite of this. Just search Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So a pricing glitch caused ultra-low cruise fares to populate on Carnival.com. Yeah, so last week, Carnival sent out a promotional email, and it listed several sailings at a ridiculously low price. Several seven-night cruises had a price tag of $100, and that was for the cruise. It didn't matter if you were two people or a single cruiser. And there was one six-night Western Caribbean cruise aboard the Magic that was leaving in barely a month, also for $100. But if someone checked on Carnival's website, they would have seen the actual price for that identical sailing was $509. So what happened? Well... If you received the email and if you logged into your Carnival VIFP account, it showed the rock bottom casino rate. And casino rates are given to um, passengers who have spent anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 a day in the casino. So they get these special prices, which is almost you know like a free cruise. Um, so price, these hiccups aren't really, they're not that unusual, but... Um, What happened was, rather than honor it, Carnival went and quoted their ticket contract. And and it says in there that, you know, if there is an electronic error, a typographical error, human error, or any other error causing the fare to be listed, quoted, or advertised for an amount not intended, Carnival can correct it and, in this case, negated it. So, you know, it really comes down to if it's it's too good to be true, it usually is. And uh, in this case, that's what happened. It happened to me in 2015. I saw a Princess cruise out of Seattle, seven nights to Alaska. And it I think it was like on Crown Princess for $159 a person. (laughs) I booked both of those. And I'm like, yes, I got away with it. And then Princess called me, their reservations department, and said... Yeah, we'll give you credit for that to apply towards the real rate of that cruise, but that was a uh, a pricing error. So they snatched that from me, and the price went up to like I don't know, almost two thousand dollars a person. Yeah, you know, I know they have it in the contract, but if you walk into a store and something's mismarked, from what I remember, they have to honor the mismarked price. But they don't have a disclaimer when you walk in the store that you have to agree to. So I guess that, you know, that ends that. Well, it's all PR, right? I mean, if someone is really banging the drum or if they're creating a mutiny on the ship because something went wrong, the cruise line is going to step up and be proactive and make it right. But if no one's saying anything, they're just going to be like, oh, we had an error. Sorry. Yeah, that's the way it goes. That's what you that's what you unknowingly um, sign off on Mm -hmm. when you put down your deposit. Yeah. 
And one cruise line is officially ditching water bottles. Yeah, we heard about this late last year. So Norwegian Cruise Line has totally eliminated single-use plastic bottles across its entire fleet. Now, you're not going to go thirsty because to replace those individual one-time-only bottles, Norwegian has partnered with a company called Just Water. And this is a sustainably sourced spring water company, and it's owned by Jaden Smith. So their company's first product, this Just Water, is 100% spring water. It's sourced from somewhere in upstate New York, and it's packaged in plant-based bottles that's comprised of 82% renewable resources. The paper carton itself comes from trees grown in, as they say, responsibly managed forests. The cap and shoulder are made from a sugarcane-based plastic, and it's refillable and recyclable. Now, Norwegian is really on a bent to eliminate all this single-use stuff. And back in 2018, they eliminated single-use plastic straws aboard all their ships and at their private islands. Um, And they're saying this uh, plastic water bottle initiative will eliminate 6 million single-use plastic water bottles every year. So a cruise ship was stuck in a Caribbean port due to weather. Tell us about this. Yeah, and this is not unusual. So MSC Maravilla um, was in Costa Maya. It had docked, but it's a strange little pier. It's a big, long cement pier. And this has happened to me before. Um, When it came time to depart, some high wind gusts came up out of nowhere, and the ship was unable to leave the pier. So what happened was they ended up uh, staying overnight in Costa Maya. So that's one more day in this. I love Costa Maya. It's a little sleepy Mexican cruise port. Um, used to be a fishing village. Uh, they left the next day, not until 5 p.m. when the winds died down. So uh, because of this lost time, they had to cancel a visit to Ocean Key, the destination in the Bahamas, their new property. Uh, apparently some people were kind of upset about it, but you know, what are you going to do? If you can't leave, you can't leave better be safe than sorry. And like I was saying, um, I was, I was on some ship, I forget who, which one it was, but we were trying to dock and just to dock in Costa Maya. And the winds were so bad that we, you know, we sat outside for probably three or four hours waiting for a break and we could never dock. It's just in a sort of like a jutting out location. It's a wonderful place to go. It's one of those pretend ports that was built up by the cruise lines. But, um, you know, you go down to Mahual and it's you have a wonderful day or out to the the ruins. But, um, yeah, they couldn't go. So they missed uh, Ocean Key and people were upset. In Mahual? Is that how you pronounce it? Mahual? Mahual. Okay. So I was Uh there Thanksgiving of 2011 and Mm -hmm. we went to some little beachy type bar. And they said, do you want to have a lobster dinner? So we're like, yeah, it's like 15 bucks a person. Sure, why not? Caribbean lobster on the grill. The dude goes out, dives in the ocean, and comes up with two lobsters in his hand. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it changed a little bit, but I always go, and I don't mean to put a plug in here, but I will. I always head out to, uh, all the way at the end, um, 40 Cannons or Quattro Canones, if I pronounce that correctly. It's a little hotel with a wonderful Italian restaurant, because the owners are Italian, believe it or not. But wonderful food, very clean, very abs- – it's just a wonderful spot to spend the afternoon. And then there's a beach. Uh, Mahual is really nice. Fine. I love it. 
Yeah, and speaking of food, Norwegian Cruise Line <laughs> is raising room service prices. What a perfect segue. Yeah, they've just announced they're raising their room service prices. So it's increased from the original $7.95 to $9.95 per order. So that's a $2 increase. The service charge applies to all room service requests with, of course, the exception of Continental Breakfast, Haven Suite guests do not have to pay any room service fee. And they began charging for room service way back in April of 2015. So it's nothing new. It's just these, that's a pretty big jump for $2. Um, you know, and, and it reminds me when I used to take my, my kids were little, um, my youngest used to love to just sit in the room, watch movies and order room service, like <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner and afternoon snack, midnight snack. This would have cost. This would cost a fortune if we tried it now. In all fairness, though, so Norwegians charging what nine ninety five was it? Ten bucks. Yeah. Okay, so ten dollars. So you can get like a burger, fries, pizza, cake, anything you want for ten dollars. Yeah. But if you were to go with Carnival and order like a cheesesteak, that would be five dollars. Uh, pizza would be five dollars. Fries would be five dollars. A cake would be five dollars or four dollars. So. It's this or that, right? Because Carnival is charging a la carte for theirs, where Norwegian's saying, hey, it's going to be $10, but you can order the whole menu if you want. The motive behind it is to eliminate waste. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm it, on board you know, with if that. If you were in a hotel, they'd charge you 20% <laughs> for delivery up to your room. I was at a hotel in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. You know how much they wanted for just an omelet, hash browns, <laughs> and a piece of fruit? I'm going to guess about $26 plus Gratuity yeah, plus $25 plus 18% yeah. gratuity. I'm like, uh-uh. You yeah. don't need the eggs that bad. <laughs> a handful of cruise ships are going into dry dock this month. Can you give us a rundown? Yeah, just really quick. This is for January. So Norwegian is sending the Spirit into dry dock. Carnival Sensation was going to get a facelift. Celebrity Silhouette is part of the um, their revolution program, and that ship's going to get a, a more staterooms and a bunch of new things, furniture, Bluetooth, and then last but not least, good old Freedom on the Seas with Royal Caribbean is going into dry dock. They expect about $116 million to refurbish the ship, but, you know, Freedom's getting a little bit old. So, um, yeah, four ships that sail out of North America are going into dry dock. Listener Three question two. comes from Amber. You can email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Amber actually wrote this on our Facebook page. Heading to Grand Turk on Carnival Magic next month. We'd really like to go see the donkeys by the lighthouse. Has anyone done this without booking an excursion? What's the most cost-effective way to do it? Take a taxi or what? Any advice is greatly appreciated. Yeah, well, Amber, you know, this is kind of a cool thing. At least they, they airlifted 80 donkeys out several years ago because they were just overrunning the entire island. So they still have about 40 left, and they're mostly over at the lighthouse. And yes, like you said, the ship will offer a tour. There are three other ways um, that you can go, golf cart, a scooter, or a taxi. And I'm, I'm not real thrilled about scooters anywhere because they tend to cause accidents. But um, if you took a taxi from the port, it'd take about 30 minutes and about $9 each way or, of course, $18 round trip. Now, you will have to ask you could ask the taxi driver to stay and wait while you went to, you know, inspected the lighthouse and went to the gift shop and maybe gave some snacks to the donkeys. The other alternative is to rent a golf cart. And this seems to be, um, it's about a hundred dollars and that'll, you know, of course fit four people. 
to me, a, a golf cart sounds like a really great way. You rent it and you have it for the day. Uh, whether it's a hundred dollars, uh, you know, for two people or for four, if you even just pal up with another couple on the ship, um, you, you can drive around the entire island. It's not very big. You can spend as much time as you want out at the lighthouse. You can talk to the donkeys. You can just relax and have a nice day. So, um, next time I go there, I'm going to rent a golf cart. I think, you know, usually I just go to the pool or down a jack shack. This time I'm going to try with a golf cart. And um, you said that same thing, Doug. You might do that too. Yeah, I was actually supposed to do that back in December of 2017 when I was down there. But then Jack Shack and the to mm -hmm. Topher was out there, God rest yep. his soul, and mm. the uh, new one, Calypso, he was out there as well. So I was like, I really like dogs. So I just kind <laughs> of took a pass on the donkeys and lighthouse and said, I'll do it next time. Yeah, you know, I was doing a little history about the why the donkeys are there. They were brought in when the salt trade Mm -hmm. was the main source of income. I had no idea. Now that the salt flats aren't producing, um, they shipped 80 donkeys to, the, uh, to uh, the Dominican Republic to work on farms. And they oh. kept some just because it's, it's historic to have donkeys in Grand Turk, which I thought was very interesting. You've been listening to Donkey Talk with <laughs> Sherry Laskin. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks. I'm not going to make a donkey noise, I promise. So thanks, Doug. I'll see you next week. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Mark just returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Mark. Hey, Doug. Good to talk to you, man, and excited to hear about Symphony of the Seas. Haven't heard from that ship in a little while since it's been sailing down in the Caribbean. So give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to book this cruise on Symphony? 
sure. Well, I was one of those uh, that grew up watching the love boat. So the notion of going on a cruise was something I've been dreaming about ever since I was a boy. And the opportunity came uh, this past summer to, for my 50th birthday, to take my two sons with me on a cruise to celebrate me being me. And uh, I was a choice between either sailing on uh, the inaugural with the Norwegian Encore or going on Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas. And uh, the Symphony of the Seas won out, uh, primarily because of uh, perfect, the, re- the newly redone Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Plus, I wanted to ride some of those slides that, were, uh, that only showed up on this particular Oasis-class ship. So that was why I chose uh, Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas. Now, you're up in Ohio. Did you do any pre-cruise time in South Florida? I sure did. And kids, this is a reason why you want to fly down the day before. We flew down on uh, Black Friday, the day uh, before, from Cleveland on Delta through Atlanta. And the plane went mechanical as we were taxiing out onto the runway. And that cost us about two hours up in Cleveland. And we didn't end up getting into Fort Lauderdale until nine that night. Had I done this the day of, I would, the vacation would have been ruined. And I would have had to somehow find my way out to St. Martin. So uh, we went to uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, took a lift down to the Marriott Stanton on the South Beach, which was a fantastic hotel. And uh, from there, uh, we took a lift and uh, the next day uh, right to Terminal A, which is, I think, the Royal Caribbean Terminal there in the Port of Miami. Do you uh, remember? So, yeah, yeah, we, had, we spent, uh, spent the evening down there in uh, the South Beach and had a great time. Awesome. Do you remember about how much the lift was from Lauderdale mm-hmm. Airport to South Beach? $36 plus uh, nut tax, plus uh, tips uh, for the driver. Uh, it was, lift was great. Uh, we had a driver show up. I think within five to seven minutes of me having putting the request in, uh, and uh, we got right to the hotel. It was uh, worked out fantastic. Perfect. So you make your way to the brand new Terminal Eight. Well, it's about a year old at this point. Um, how mm-hmm. was embarkation once you arrived? Embarkation was as smooth as silk. Now I, I'm a newbie to all this. I'd never cruised before, so one of the reasons I particularly went from the hotel that I chose is because I could have a view of the of the of the port. So I got to see several uh, ships, Royal Caribbeans. Empress of the Seas, the smallest and oldest ship, and then uh, the MSC Seaside, a couple of carnival ships, uh, the, the Horizon and Conquest, and then Norwegian's Escape. We got to the port at 1045. Now, it's pretty congested right now because of construction that's going on, but as soon as we uh, got our luggage to the porters, we were on board in about 15 minutes. And they had embarkation open for you once you got into the terminal? Sure did. I, I wasn't supposed to technically be on until one in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Well, I got on a little after 11 in the morning. The experience was so surreal. And when you, uh, for me, this was brand new, walking into what looked like a giant luxury shopping mall. Mm-hmm. It's when you walk up the stairs, you see the giant gold propellers spinning there uh, as, as you go through security to get on. But it was very, very seamless. If only getting on an airplane was as easy as it was getting (laughs) onto a cruise ship. Amen. So you walk on board Symphony. What were your first impressions of the ship? Wow, wow, and wow. The pictures and the videos you see on YouTube do not do the ship justice. It is spectacular. Everything is immaculate. As soon as you walk on, you walk on floor five and you see guest relations right in front of you and the crumpled up VW bug in the sphere. And it was just beautiful. The ship was completely sold out from what we understood, but it never felt crowded. 
never saw massive lines for anything, whether it was to get onto the sh- get to the shows, ride the slides, go into the dining room, nothing. We had to take care of some guest relations things first because my son really wanted to go see one of the comedy shows and I really wanted to go see Hairspray. But we were taken care of almost immediately and from there we went straight up to the Windjammer uh, for lunch. Uh, which was another interesting experience. I was a fearful, I would see line and line after line of people ready to just swan dive into that buffet, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that at all. Uh, it was a just beautiful first impression. They could not have done it any better. What kind of stateroom did you book in? What were your impressions of it? We were in uh, Ocean View Balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not going to do any inside staterooms for my very first cruise. We were on aft port side on the sixth floor uh, overlooking the channel itself so we could see some of the ships sail out before we sailed out. Um, I would say the room was about 180 square feet. For the three of us, my two boys and myself, and my, my two boys are young men, uh, but it was it, more than enough room. Uh, I let them have the bed and I just slept on the pull-out couch and it was just ideal for three. For four people, it would have been really tight quarters. But for three a young adults, for three young men, it was perfect. So you grew up watching The Love Boat, and you, were, you said you were a big Love Boat fan. Were you, oh, like, yeah. just the very first day from the moment uh-huh. you walked on the ship, were you, like, super excited to, to peek around every corner? Every corner. There was nothing I left overlooked. I went everywhere on that thing. We went rummaged around. I had to see the Windjammer. I wanted to know if these buffets were anything better than like going to a Sizzler or a Golden Corral, mm. and I was not disappointed. <laughs> Much higher quality. I saw that giant vat full of uh, paella, and of course I had to load my plate full of that stuff. And yes, so I went to the spa, and of course right away those folks in there were more than happy to show me different ways I could part with some of my money. And uh, so of course, I, how, who was I to say no? So I got the thermal spa package for myself and then the boys got it for themselves as well and we made heavy use of that thing Uh, you know the ceramic heated loungers and the steam room and all of that how is their thermal suite it was fantastic um you have about eight concrete loungers uh, where you walk in uh you've got the desk there and then the spa treatment room sort of make a semicircle around and in the center of that semicircle is the dry sauna the aromatic steam room, and then the concrete loungers. There was no crystal room or salt room or snow room or anything like Mm. that. But uh, they provide you a free salt scrub with different aromatic oils in it and and a robe to change into, and, of course, all the towels you could possibly want. So uh, it was fantastic. It was the perfect way to relax. I will say this, though. Even though you're on the sixth floor, which is where the spa is, you can hear the noise of the engine room and I suppose the cables that secure the ship to the to the pier mm-hmm. uh, when they're getting ready to, to pull out from a port. But it was a very relaxing, that's one of the most beautiful areas on the ship. Uh, the carpeting is much thicker and everything has got this zen-like, really beautiful quality to it. A wonderful place to relax. This cruise ship has around 18 dining venues on board. So we'll hit dining now and talk about the Mm -hmm. main dining room experience first. So what time Mm -hmm. dining did you have and how was your experience? That's another thing. I wanted uh, any time dining. I didn't want to be set to a particular time. We typically went in at about six in the evening and we were seated almost immediately. The dining room is an experience unto itself. It was like eating at a fine restaurant on land. I mean, I had nothing really to compare it to, so I didn't know if I was going to get flavorless, bland food. Oh, was I wrong. This restaurant, if it was on land for us, would have been, I would say, easily a three-star restaurant. 
Um, you could have as much from the menu as you wanted. We, I even knew that there was the secret menu of uh, Indian foods that has a starter, a main, and a dessert. Mm-hmm. And they brought that all out, too, just because we asked for it. We ate at the dining room for breakfast and for every dinner. And it was, the quality was superb. Absolutely superb. My youngest, Michael, who is even more of a foodie than I am, said this is his favorite restaurant ever. Nice. And now, he's eaten at a lot of places. So, <laughs> yes, I, uh, it, it, oh, you asked about what the dining room is like. Mm-hmm. It's a three-story dining room uh, with a beautiful crystal chandelier uh, right in the center, in the center atrium, if you will, of the, of the dining venue. Uh, my time dining is done on the fourth floor. And then uh, the seated times are on the 5th and the 3rd, I believe. That's how that works. Okay. And then you mentioned you ate every single night in the main dining room. Did you do any specialty like Johnny Rockets or anything for lunch? I wanted to do one of the specialty dining. I was considering one of the packages because I'd really like to try, wanted to try Chops Grill. But uh, the boys and I talked, and we just decided to leave it, uh, save our pennies for the spa, and we just ate at the main dining room. Um, we didn't even go with Johnny Rockets. Uh, so all we ate at were at the free places, El Loco Fresh, the Solarium Bistro, Windjammer, and the main dining room. How was the food at El Loco Fresh? I thought it was okay. The boys had uh, the burritos. They met up with some girls from Germany. Um, my family is uh, Swiss, mm-hmm. and so we're also bilingual. So we ran into some young ladies that uh, spoke German. So we were very few that they could actually speak with. And they had, they went with those girls up to the uh, El Loco Fresh. I had some of the flan and other things. So I thought, I thought El Loco Fresh was just fine. They told me that the burritos were on point. Uh, my oh. boys know good Mexican food, and they said those burritos were great. How was the entertainment on this seven-night sailing? That's another question. Uh, I went to go see Hairspray, uh, which, is the, which is the big Broadway musical that they do on Symphony of the Seas, and that was fantastic. Uh, now, one of the things they did on the ship was they, on the, where the dining show is, and the, on, the ba- on the, what is it, the stern, the back end of the ship, they have those giant jumbotron TVs. Uh, uh, I had made a point on one of the Facebook chat rooms regarding our cruise how uh, it would be great if they show National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, with the Christmas holidays and the ship already being decked out in the, with the Christmas trees and the, and the holly and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, on movie night, they showed a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, so I, they, I already had a very high opinion of Royal Caribbean, and it just went up 10 notches more because somebody must have seen my post on Facebook and played that movie on the Jumbotron. That's awesome. Now, as far as outside of Hairspray in the outside mm-hmm. movies and entertainment around the ship and the different pubs mm-hmm. and bars, how was mm-hmm. that scene? Mm-hmm. Excellent. I went, to, I went to a few different places. I went to Boleros to go see this fantastic salsa band. Uh, I liked to ballroom and Latin dance, so it was a chance to really enjoy some of that. And then I also went to the jazz club on the fourth floor. Uh, we also went to the comedy show in, I think it's called The Attic, which is also on the fourth floor. The crowd wasn't really into the comedian, uh, and I heard some of his jokes before on, on YouTube. I mean, he did, he did the best he could, but he could tell the crowd wasn't into it. But Hairspray was fantastic. The jazz combo band was from Italy. They were outstanding, and the salsa band was on point. Uh, I also saw a reggae band in the nightclub, which was on, I want to say it's on deck eight or deck six, something like that. The ship is so big, I, I sometimes get a little confused what is where. Yeah. How was the smoking situation in and around the casino? Um, you knew that they were smoking in the casino, but mm-hmm. the ventilation was strong. You only really smelled it when you were on deck four 
going to the main dining room, you could smell a little bit of, uh, of the smoke. But I think the ventilation system did a great job of sucking that all out. And then there's a smoking section on deck 15 by the pools. Uh, and people were very respectful. Uh, the cigarette smoking was kept to where the smoking was supposed to be. So if you're sensitive to cigarette smoke, I think you'd be okay. It's not like some of the reviews I've heard where the, where the smell is overpowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it wasn't bad around the casino at all. And it didn't drift into any of the other floors. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? No problem at all. We had no issue finding deck chairs, uh, no issue with lines for the swimming pool or the jacuzzi. The jacuzzi's got full, uh, but there was always a place. Uh, There are so many hot tubs on that ship. Uh, whether you're on deck 15 or deck 16 uh, or in or out of the solarium, on the sea days, there was no problem, none at all. Uh, For a ship that size, I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, um, I haven't been on Symphony before, but I've been on both Mm -hmm. um, Allure and Oasis, and there's Mm -hmm. never really been an issue as far as getting from point A to point B um, with Mm -hmm. lines or waiting or anything like that. No, none. And that's the other thing. I was worried if I was going to run into a deck chair hog problem. Where, was I going to have to be one of those people to get up at 5.30 in the morning and to case a lounger for myself uh, to use? I never had to. It was not an issue whatsoever. You said you were super excited about testing out the water slides on board the ship. Mm-hmm. What did you think of them? Oh, they're great. Um, my favorite has to be the one that that's that they they call it a champagne bottle, uh, the champagne glass, uh, mm-hmm. but it actually looks more like a toilet bowl. Uh, the 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 fun part was trying to see how many spins in the giant bowl you could get before it empties you out into the into the landing area. Uh, those slides were fantastic. Don't wear any shirts. Uh, you're just going to want to wear your swim trunks, or that's just, you might get uh, stuck in the stuck in the tubes or slowed uh, way down. Um, but those slow slides are fantastic. Did you do the ultimate abyss? Oh yes, <laughs> that was day number one. Uh, those are great. Um, I didn't have. Wait, did I have long sleeve? No, I didn't wear the long sleeve shirts. They have you. They, these are not normal mats. Uh, these are mats that you sit on to ride the ultimate abyss, where you tuck your feet in, and those mats ride all the way, uh, ride all the way up alongside of you. The way you ride them is you have to cross your feet and cross your arms on your chest, uh, so that that way you don't uh, risk any any skin burns. Uh, but the ride take on the ultimate abyss, you're done in about maybe three or four seconds. It was a lot of fun. Those were great. I recommend those to everybody. And how about the flow rider? Did you do that? The flow rider? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't end up doing the flow rider. I would have liked to. My, I don't know. I don't think my sons did either. But I saw people on the flow rider. I had so much to do that even at the end of it all, I was like, no, nah, I didn't miss it. I'll just save it for the next time there I'm on that go. ship. Now, I want to talk about the ports of call, but before we talk mm-hmm. about all the ports you went to, uh, let's mm-hmm. touch on Perfect Day at Coco Cay. What were your mm-hmm. impressions of the newly um, refurbished and enhanced island? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I understand that before they remodeled it, you would have, you would have had to tender into uh, Perfect Day, uh, but that is no longer the case. They've got this beautiful concrete pier that, uh, that, that the ship docks against, and we were the only ship at Coco Cay that day, so we didn't have to compete with any other passengers from other Royal Caribbean ships. It's beautiful. My sons liked Perfect Day at Coco Cay best out of all the ports of call we had. Those slides are a lot of fun. The Devil's Tower, we rode every single slide that they have there. And I can't say I can favor one over the other. Um, I don't even remember all of what they were called. Uh, but that is a great water park. It's an expensive water park, but we got ours at a slight discount, 75 bucks a person uh, for uh, unlimited use of the water slides there. 
That one water slide is like the tallest water slide in North America. Was it really thrilling? Oh, it sure was. You want to be in shape because it's about, uh, what, 120 feet vertical drop, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're walking upstairs to go all the way to the top of that thing. Uh, But it was uh, was everything you'd expect a great water slide to be and then some. One of the things that these slides have is uh, you can see brilliant lights uh, because of the, the different plastics that are used in the tubes. And so you get um, you get a great light show on the way down, uh, but no uh, no skin burns, no nothing like that. They they show you exactly how to position yourself on the slide so you don't you don't scrape yourself up, and uh, you exit uh, like a skipping stone when you come to the bottom of that thing. Fantastic ride. How was the food there? Excellent. Um, you have a couple of options. You've got this uh, shack where you have you know burgers, and uh, I had uh, the I guess the signature fried chicken sandwich, and there's funnel cake, sort of like what you might find at an amusement park. Uh, that was all very high quality, and then also they have a buffet uh, that's included as well, where you could build tacos for yourself, uh, burgers, or you know different panini sandwiches. Everything was on point. I think the food on the ship was maybe a little higher quality than what you have at Perfect Day at Coco Cay, but it it was all still very high quality. None of us went hungry. Now, for the other three ports of call you went to, give us the port Mm -hmm. of call and your highlight and then move to the next one. Sure. We had two sea days, and then the very first port was St. Martin. Now, this is the port I really wanted to see the most personally. So we did an island tour of St. Martin. We got to the we we started in the Dutch side, and then it wound through to the French side. St. Martin is very scenic, uh, but those folks you could tell that uh, they are still suffering from the the lingering effects of the hurricane that decimated the island. It's a lot of rubbish everywhere, and those folks could use a helping hand. It was a it was a beautiful island. The people were extremely friendly, and I was very thankful to have been able to see uh, Saint Martin on both both the Dutch and the French side. Uh, and then we did a little bit of shopping uh, there at the port, and then uh, went on to the ship. And then the second port the next day was San Juan. That was beautiful. We went to old San Juan, went up to the, what is it, San Cristobal, the name of the one fortress. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what was interesting is uh, they were doing some filming. So as we walked through there, they were setting up an execution by firing squad, of all things. So uh, how often do you get to witness something like that? And uh, the history of the fort was, I think this thing dates back to the late 16th century, and it's a national park, and the boys just loved it. My sons are a bit of a history buff, so they've really enjoyed seeing the old fort. And then we walked through La Perla and had lunch at one of the local restaurants, wound our way back to the ship. We all agreed that old San Juan was absolutely beautiful, the pristine houses, the vibrant colors, whole nine yards. That and Coco Cay, those were the three ports of call. Okay, so you make your way back to Port Miami. How was disembarkation? Mm-hmm. We got late disembarkation. We we were supposed to be off the ship at seven, uh, but they let us stay on the ship till uh, quarter after nine. And we, disembarkation was no problem at all. We had to wait a little bit for our lift guy to take us to Fort Lauderdale Airport, uh, but uh, it was uh, it was about as smooth and clean an uh, exit on and exit off as I could hope to have. Again, if only being at an airport was as easy as it is getting on a cruise ship. So a couple of questions about the ship. Did you use the app at all? Yes. I had the app downloaded months prior on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used it every day to check on what was going on at which venue where. I used it to double-check the menu in the main dining room. Uh, that's the nice thing about it is the, the menu updates uh, what they have both at the 
main dining room, but also at the Solarium Bistro, uh, which is a, sort of like the Windjammer, but a lighter version. At night, the Solarium Bistro turns into a Greek restaurant. Uh, so for people who want like baklava or kataifi or any of those other great Greek treats, they're all up there in the solarium every night. And then the Windjammer has a slightly different um, mix-up of what's on offer every night. They might have Caribbean night one night, Mexican night another, Italian night another. Uh, so I made heavy use of it to see what was going on, where, which band was playing in which, in which pub, in which bar, what the menus were like. Uh, it was a very, for me, a very useful tool. The only thing that would have made it better was to be able to communicate with other people on board. Did you buy the Wi-Fi package? No, I didn't buy the Wi-Fi. My son did, uh, and he made heavy use of it. He said there were times when it was slower and other times when it was faster, but otherwise, it were, from what Michael was telling me, it worked out great. And how about the drink package? Would you believe I didn't drink a thing? Wow, uh, okay. We just stuck with <laughs> we just stuck with the uh, with the with the free drinks that were there and uh, in the dining room and up there in the windjammer. I didn't miss it. I would next time I cruise, I will make use of the drinks package. I think somebody who appreciates a really good wine or a good cocktail would find it very much in their favor because those drinks a la carte were pricey. Now looking back, I know this was your first cruise, so you probably have a lot of these. What was the biggest highlight of this sailing for you? The unbelievable classiness of the staff and the whole Royal Caribbean experience. This was one of the finest vacations I think I have ever had. The staff bend over backwards, both in the main dining room, the level of interaction with guest services. No one was rude. People were very gracious. I was just so impressed by the classiness of the whole experience. Not only that, but the ship was pristine. Now, granted, it's, a, it's a, only a year-old ship, uh, and I could see some rust spots on some of the, the metalwork outside on the deck, but everything was spotless. And I noticed a big contrast between our ship and some of the carnival ships that, had, that we also saw. <laughs> yeah. Those ships looked like they could use a fresh coat of paint. and There was a lot of soot on their, their whale tail funnels. Uh, but the Royal Caribbean ship was, was clean. Everyone was so polite. The room stewards, they even made um, towel animals for us on the beds. Mm-hmm. That was a neat little thing. I guess I was just so overwhelmed by the classiness of the whole experience. So did Royal Caribbean win you over, or do you think you'll jump around in the future to check out the different cruise lines out there? Oh, I am 100% loyal to Royal, uh, okay. but I, that doesn't mean I won't cheat. And I, I will try. Um, I would like to see what Norwegian is like. And I will say this. The Carnival Horizon sailed out just before we disembarked. Mm-hmm. We could hear from our deck the cruise director on the Carnival Horizon whipped that crowd into a roaring frenzy. So it was pretty obvious the folks on Carnival were having a dandy time. Uh, but uh, I would like to try uh, the Norwegian uh, Encore, the Norwegian Escape, the Breakaway, some of the different ships are there, just to see what the experiences is like. And to go with somebody who's a, who's a real Carnival, who's a fan of Carnival, just to see what the Carnival experience is like. Sure. Final thoughts of Symphony of the Seas class act absolute class act i thought that because this ship could hold over 6000 guests in double full double occupancy that i would be overwhelmed with humanity and that wasn't the case at all this ship had a wonderful flow to it it easily absorbed everybody that was on the ship we did not have a line issue so if anybody is considering sailing in an oasis class ship and you're concerned that you might feel like you're just one of a number or a throng of humanity, you don't have to worry about that. I'll even take my parents who are in their late 70s on this ship. Uh, it's 
the crowd control and the room to breathe is so strong. The ship is so well laid out from the different sections on the ship, whether you're on the Royal Promenade on Deck 5, the uh, boardwalk on Deck 6 where the carousel is, or the beautiful Central Park on Deck 8, uh, even to the pool areas up on 15 and 16. The whole ship is a wonderful experience, and I recommend it to anyone. Mark, thank you so much for sharing your review with us. I sure appreciate it. You're welcome. Wow. That's very cool, Doug. What a neat microphone. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your doubt.